Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is December 8th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. It is a Friday. Hope everybody's enjoying their Friday and about getting ready for that weekend. I love it. But you know what else today is? Today is WASD Day, and I'm joined, believe it or not, by Kevin Combs, Vice President of McKinney Flavelle. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And Craig Ruffalo, Vice President of McKinney Flavel. Hello, Craig. How are you? Hey, how are you, Mike? Hey, everybody. How's you doing? Kevin, how are we doing today? We are doing awesome on a Wake Up and Scarf Donuts Friday. Oh, there he edition. goes. That's he it. Goes. That's it. I love that. Is, that is, is the Wazdy Day. Yeah, no. Affectionately known as Wake Up and Scarf Donuts. That's right. Kevin, did we bring donuts to the office today? You know, uh, we had a little festivity last night for our Christmas party, and so no donuts were needed today. Okay, okay. I agree yeah, with no donuts day. Okay, well, we'll do it in January. Um, so let's get right into it. But before we do, I just got to promote our spring seminar that's coming up on April 17th in Oak Brook, Illinois. Hoping to see everybody there. Well, the theme is uh, movers and shakers. We're going to come out in the next week or so with a little bit more information and where you can sign up on our website at McKinney-Favelle.com. But I'll tell you what, all you folks that normally attend, put in your travel budget. Put that Absolutely. week, April 17th. Oak Brook, Illinois at the La Meridian. So we'll look forward to that. So let's let's dive into it. Craig, do you want to start with corn and soybeans or do you want Kevin to start with sugar? I think we ought to clear the deck and, and let Kevin get into a little of the detail on the sugar yeah. balance sheet because globally on grains, there was no big surprises. I'm falling asleep already. Right? I know. It was no changes. Uh, really, we saw a minor change in global soybeans uh, on the carryout. It was a minor adjustment down on Brazil's lower production. The rest of the soy complex was pretty much a non-event. There was no changes to the U.S. balance sheet, so no changes in crush, no changes in biodiesel use, nothing. On corn... Craig, we just got to boost it up a little. We got to make it more exciting. It was Exports were up 25 million bushels. <laughs> it's an amazing amount. I mean, think about counting every kernel of 25 million bushels worth. I mean, that's a lot of corn. Now we're talking. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting to see the fact that we are looking at U.S. exports going up because that's the first time in a while where the U.S. corn market has actually been competitive globally on the export side, particularly against Brazil, who had been dominating the export market up until now. At the end of the day, though, the balance sheet's still showing over a 2.1 billion bushel carryout for this current new crop here in the 23-24 calendar crop year. So I still say that we're going to be on a neutral to slightly bearish to price uh, market conditions here, Kevin. So at, in the total scheme of things, corn and soybeans weren't really the story of today's WASD report. Now, were they? They weren't. What was the real story behind today's WASD I think there's something very sweet. Yes. <laughs> I think it's called sugar, and I think we move right I over there. Th I think we go right into the sugar balance sheet, because there's something to talk about there, Kevin, and not just in the U.S., mind you. Yes. Well, there's always something to talk about on sugar, and this time of year, we're supposed to be talking about uh, USDA's actions taking place to uh, reset stocks to use at 13.5%, but guess what happened? 
I don't see a 13 or a 5 in their stocks to use projection. Yeah, they, they fell short at 12.8%. And that's just a sign of what we've been talking about for months in the drought in Mexico. Mexico is going to have insufficient supplies to export. And not only did they go so far as to say, hey, Mexico's going to come up short. We're lowering Mexico's imports 228,000 tons. But they raised our exports 65,000 tons already. Wow. Which was <laughs> very interesting because we don't usually export very much sugar. But... When you take a look at what's going on in Mexico, their supplies going down. We've been exporting sugar down there uh, last year, and to go up another eighteen thousand tons over what we ended up last year just kind of signifies what we've been seeing commercially, where some IMAX customers are being told they could get uh, U.S. sugar uh, down there and uh, cover some shortages because mills in Mexico don't have a lot of sugar to export and don't want to uh, supply IMAX sugar. Which is crazy. I mean, think about that. The a net exporting country traditionally, that of being Mexico, is actually being supplied by a net importing country traditionally in the U.S. for its sugar, for its domestic wow. market. That's nuts. Yeah, Kevin. I mean, what is going on? We're a net uh, importing country and you're showing exports increasing. Yeah, the big thing is obviously Mexico's drought. They're coming up short on sugar. They're still a net exporter of sugar. They're still going to export a good amount of sugar to the United States. We're estimating it at 971,000 tons, but in order to do that, they're going to have to be importing a lot of sugar. USDA uh, finished off last year uh, showing 285,000 tons of imports. This year, they're forecasting 286,000 tons. So basically, to meet their IMEX needs down there, which is their re-export program, and to meet their export quotas in the U.S. and all their domestic demand down there, they're, they're going to import a little bit of sugar. Typically, most of that's going to come at the end of the crop year when their production's done. You'll start seeing a lot of imports flow in there again in you know July, starting maybe as early as July. However, when you look at Mexico's prices right now, it kind of suggests a lot of imports are going to happen uh, continuously because right now we're seeing the imported sugar being priced lower than domestic sugar still. What is uh, the price in Mexico right now for domestic sugar, Kev? Good question. Uh, when you look at refined sugar, we're up there in the high 70s, you know, 78, 79 cents <laughs> per pound from the domestic industry. And mm. Estendar is falling quicker. Uh, we are seeing that fall back under 70 cents. I'd say a couple weeks ago, we were in the uh, low 70s for us and R, but now we're probably in the high 60s. So maybe a 10 cent per pound discount for S and R down there. Wow. So imports are a little lower than, than standard sugar or refined sugar prices, are you saying? Import sugar, import prices are lower for both grades, but I'm just saying right now we're wow. starting to see as you know, we're up to about 30 mils operating in Mexico, prices are starting to come off faster for Estendar because Mexico doesn't produce a lot of refined sugar at a lot of mills. They only have you know, 12, 14 mills producing refined sugar, and most of those haven't started yet. Got it. Wow. So it's just going to take a while for that to uh, start trickling. And I think you know, once you get into mid to late January, you know, you'll see those domestic prices start to come down with you know, the whole industry back into operation again. But uh, other than that, you know, you looked at the WASDI figures, the big thing is the imports when Mexico coming up short and dropping that 228,000 tons, you know, last month the U.S. made the indication they saw high tier imports as an 
important part of raw sugar supplies in these current market conditions? <laughs> well, they definitely uh, doubled down on that statement as they raised high-tier imports 190,000 tons already. Damn. Putting us at a, I'm not going to, sure if it's a record, uh, if you go back over history, because there's probably been other times when we've needed to import sugar and pay high tier imports, but when certainly when you look at it in the last 20 years, we're at a record 465,000 tons of high tier imports. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Wow. Where is it going to come from? Does it matter where it comes from? It's going to come from Canada. It's going to come from Brazil. It's going to come from everywhere. Uh, whatever the choice of uh, cane refiners pulling in raw sugar imports from, whatever country that is, probably going to be a lot Brazil. Yeah. But uh, it's it's going to have to come because, like I said, we're at 12.8% stocks to use ratio. The USDA already did the one easy maneuver of, reallocating the TRQ shortfalls, you know, going to those countries that have said, hey, we're not going to have the sugar to meet those quotas. And so next, you know, it appears they'll probably have to wait until after April, see if there's any other shortfalls. They're still forecasting a 92,000 ton shortfall. So they'll want to reallocate the additional supplies when countries come forward and say, hey, we don't have the sugar to meet the uh, quota allocations. And then, uh, I'm going to guess that this is a year set up where they're going to look at uh, other potential increases and maybe an import quota. Question is, you know, I'm sure the user community would love to see a refined import quota. I yeah. doubt that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, the way things are shaping up, if it is going to happen, this is probably the year it would happen. Yeah, interestingly enough, because we're going to extend the farm bill, it looks like, for another year. So we're not going to see any changes to, to how the import rules go and suspension agreements and all of the stipulations in that, Kevin, it seems like are going to stick at least for another calendar year. I'd agree with that. So there's probably be no adjustment policy-wise that could allow for an ease of entry of refined sugar increase uh, quotas, I would imagine. Yep, no doubt. So, yeah, so WASDI Day, know, what do you know? It's sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah, other than that, you know, just kind of the, the other numbers, we had a 14,000 ton increase to uh, production, 12 of that coming from Louisiana, 2,000 from Texas, and uh, so pretty boring. Still left the beet crop at a record 5.363 million short ton draw value, which, I, you know, my opinion is that's probably a little bit strong, but uh, 5.3 is certainly possible. It's possible, but does that include early production for next crop? Yeah, that's going to include a, a holder for early crop production, of course. And, uh, yeah. you know, just to me, that that's set up to meet perfect storage requirements, which, you know, the industry has done a phenomenal job of having less and less discards years over year through technology and, and pile management. So it's possible, but we're just going to yeah. see. I agree. So, Kevin, I got to ask you, this week we saw some declines in the number 11 and number 16 market, and maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts there and, and uh, how, if any, it impacts uh, our domestic market. Well, I think, you know, when you look at the number 11 market, I think that's really what's leading the way. And we've had some better news out of Brazil, higher production than anticipated, just, you know, giving more supplies there. And I think that's really kind of started the decline. But when you look at the supply-demand dynamics, I'd still say we're awfully dependent upon Brazil at this point in time with India uh, having a much lower crop and not going to export until April and Thailand having a couple million tons lower production. 
So I'm still a little bit bullish. I'm surprised we came off as fast and as hard as we did. But uh, that also is, I think, in relation to a little bit of a sell-off we had in the energy markets. You know, we had crude dropping back down below uh, 75. I don't remember where it got down, 72, something or other. I think it's back up a little bit today. So we'll see. I think, you know, it's going to take a lot of good news in order to, to hit us even lower. So let's see what happens. But, you know, I think there's a great buying opportunity for anyone that needs coverage on the 16s and uh, maybe even the 11. Excellent. Okay. Anything else on sugar, Kevin? That's it for me. Well, it's, it's, uh, I just have to say that, uh, all of this is leading up to, uh, an interesting and, and fun colloquium coming up in February. And, uh, as we've seen over the years, negotiations for the following crop year get, uh, seem to get earlier and earlier, Kevin. Well, no doubt. And we've been hearing the 2025, uh, offers being made and discussed already. So it's like, you know, we want to move it up, uh, six weeks, eight weeks every year. And well, right on cue, they're already starting talking about 2025. And, you know, we wow. saw some of that six, eight weeks ago already. Uh, some talk about it. I don't think there was a lot of business done, but certainly, uh, you know, it sounds like some suppliers on the beat side in particular, were reaching out and saying, Hey, uh, if you're interested, we could, uh, start talking about this now, making a couple offers to some of those very large users. So, Let's see. I, I doubt we see much done before the colloquium, but uh, hey, it keeps getting earlier and earlier, so who knows? Yeah. Well, and Craig, you're going to be up on stage at the colloquium, correct? I am. I am indeed. I'll be giving a little bit of a feedback on my ideas on sugar, but mainly probably focused on the corn wet milling industry, uh, giving them an update on where we see things going on grind, utilization and, and demand for product, uh, and how we've seen that set up during this current negotiation and how things are progressing. You can't miss it, everyone out there. No, it's a must-see. It's a must-see. Must-see. And if you are attending, give us a holler. We'd love to see you. Let's get you on the calendar. Yeah. Exactly. we got to get you on the dance card. (laughs) Exactly. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Do some fun this weekend. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.